Hello, and welcome to Queen Bees. If you are a returning listener, thank you so very much. If you are new here, welcome. Glad you are joining us. If you are liking what you are hearing, drop us some stars in iTunes, leave a review. It really boosts us up on the charts and gets us out to more people. If you want to engage more, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We also have a Facebook group called Queen Bee's Rap Session where we share recipes, tips, tricks, money-saving things, killer deals, and so on and so forth. Tonight, I got to have a great Zoom meeting with Jed regarding ADHD so that we can bring awareness and possibly help some people out. So let me start by explaining a little bit about ADHD, and then I will jump into the interview and share that with you. ADHD is a mental disorder that can cause abnormal amounts of hyperactive hyperactive or impulsive behaviors or both. So they have trouble focusing, concentrating, they're easily distracted, fidgety, they interrupt, they're forgetful, they make impulsive decisions, and or can get angry easily. There are several different studies on the cause, but they have not come to a conclusion on a definite source that explains why some people have ADHD and others do not. Now, boys are three times more likely to get a diagnosis because they exhibit the most common symptoms. Whereas girls are diagnosed less due to their symptoms usually consisting of daydreaming or just inattentiveness. I have several links in the show notes explaining all of this and other resources for you to check out if you are interested in any of this for yourself, a family member, or you just find this interesting and want to know more. So people who have ADHD, their brains work differently than so-called normal people. I mean, what's really normal anyways, but. So for example, they don't exactly hear what you're saying, but they want to please you or not disappoint you, so they'll just blurt out an answer, whether it's the appropriate answer or not. For example, if you ask your child, did you pick up your room? They may just say yes, even though they didn't, and not meaning to lie, but they don't want to disappoint you because you asked a question. 
and they don't even really know what the question is. So what I do with my son is when I ask him something or tell him something, I then ask him to repeat the question or statement back to me so that we both are on the same page and he is understanding what I am asking of him before he gives me an answer, which has helped tremendously in our communication with each other. It is also easier for them to do multiple things mentally to do one physical task. So, for example, we noticed that my son would, I don't know, walk back and forth or like move from side to side while he was doing the dishes. So I got a mat for the kitchen right by the sink and told him that he needs to stand, stay on the mat. He can't step off the mat. It's okay if he steps from side to side, but he can't step off the mat while he's washing the dishes. So then he has actually focusing on three things mentally, washing the dishes, staying on the mat, and his wobbling or stepping from side to side, whatever you want to call it. And then the dishes actually get clean. He's doing an efficient job. Another one we've used at school is like during reading time or math time when he's supposed to be working on his math work or sitting there readingly, reading quietly. He has a hard time sitting still if it's definitely not something that he's interested in, but of course still has to get his work done for school. So we tried putting a masking tape square on the floor or sending like a small rug that you can just get from like the dollar store or Walmart and he has to sit either on that rug and not have any body parts outside of it or can't be outside of the taped square. And we also suggested that having him sit like cross-legged or Indian style, whatever you want to call it. So he's focusing on the way he's sitting. He's focusing on not being outside of this box or rug. And he's focusing on doing his math work or reading. And then when he's doing his math work or reading, he's actually retaining what he's doing. As odd as that sounds, it actually works. I don't really understand it myself, but I do find it extremely fascinating and keep digging in more and more to try to find out why I have not yet but I'm working on it. And once I do, I will share that with you. You also cannot just give them a verbal list of things to do. For example, you can't just be like, pick up the socks, feed the dogs, and put your markers away. 
they're, they don't retain everything that you have just said. So they're only going to complete one of those things and forget about the other two. So what I've done is make a list on a piece of paper that he can then check off once each task has been completed. Or I only give him one task at a time and tell him once he's done with his first task, say feed the dogs, then come back to me and I will give you the second thing you need to do. So on and so forth. They can also get hyper-focused on something. When they are extremely interested or find anything, it, it, they don't, it doesn't even have to be extremely interesting. They can also get hyper-focused on things. So much so that they forget what's around them or even what's going on around them. They may not know what's going on around them. For example, my son really loves trains and ships. He was down by my parents for a week hanging out with grandma and papa and having some fun. He watched the movie Titanic with my father and he became so interested in the making of the ship and why it sunk that he then watched a buttload of YouTube videos about the Titanic, did a bunch of research on it, and came home and then informed me that the Titanic actually sunk because of a fire that they had in the hull that weakened this metal, steel, up the side of the boat. So when it hit the iceberg, it then damaged, made a hole, and then filled up that if that fire wouldn't have happened, when they did hit the iceberg, it wouldn't have caused the damage that it did, and it wouldn't have sunk. That is something I did not learn at all when I was learning about the Titanic. And I find that extremely interesting as well. I learned lots of new things from him regarding history and ships and trains. Another time, my husband started watching a movie about a runaway, a runaway train. And my son ended up being so hyper-focused on the movie that he like stopped eating his popcorn, just stared at the TV, like didn't even know that anyone else was in the room, couldn't eat at the same time, like not even snack on the popcorn, nothing, just completely hyper-focused 
on every detail and aspect of what was going on with that train in that movie. You can put them on medication. There are uppers and downers. Uppers actually work different in someone who has ADHD than someone who does not. So, for example, like someone who drinks a shit ton of caffeine, you get all your heart's racing and you're kind of hyper and you're ready to go and you're zoom, zoom, zoom. Giving a lot of caffeine to someone who has ADHD actually calms them down. So it kind of has a reverse effect. Same with downers. So like if you give them Robitussin, like sleepy time Robitussin or some kind of downer medicine, cold medicine that's supposed to make you go to sleep or relax you, it will actually hype them up. So I do have to really watch when he does get sick, limiting his dosages of things like that because he'll be so hyper that his he's not actually resting and letting his body heal and recover from whatever he's sick from. Most of the time, unless he has a high fever, I don't give him anything and just let him sleep it out, rest it out, because otherwise if I give him some kind of medicine for it, like I said, he's extremely hyperactive and then won't sit still to let his body immune system actually work to fight off what he has. So now I would like to share with you the two different perspectives that I got from the interviews and then I will be back with the conclusions. Here we go. All right. So why don't you start by introducing yourself and your podcast, Hi. and then we'll jump into Hi. it. Okay. Um, my name is Jed Schaefer. I host a podcast called the Gamer Parent Strategy Guide. Uh, the idea behind the podcast is uh, advice mixed with a little bit of humor for uh, today's gamer parents, you know, parents not only parents of gamers, but being a gamer ourselves, you know, people who grew up with video gaming, um, you don't find a whole lot of advice out there in the world without uh, people freaking out that games are the evil of the world. So, uh, you know, coming from a gamer parent to other gamer parents, that's the whole idea of the podcast. That is awesome. I should let my husband know about that because both him and my son are huge gamers. Sounds good. I hope he uh, takes a listen and likes what he hears. I will definitely have him take a listen. Well, let's jump into it today. We're going to be talking about ADHD. We met on Facebook, and you have, uh, what kind of point of view are you bringing today? I'm a father of two kids with ADHD. 
Two I have sons. one son with ADHD. So how old is, are your sons? Uh, the older is 15. Uh, he's a twin. Uh, his twin does not have it. And the youngest is nine. So it's a, a one of the twins at 15 and then the nine-year-old. Okay. That's definitely different. I wonder how um, only one twin got it and not the other. You know, that's, uh, he, the other, the twin that has it was born with a with some other special needs issues. Um, he was born with a syndrome that causes craniofacial anomalies, um, some spinal, uh, spinal uh, development issues. Um, so he just, he, he got quite a few <laughs> challenges in life and his brother got none of them. So it, it, yeah, it, it seems just purely random. I wonder if it has anything to do with that. Yeah. We've never, the condition that he was born with doesn't even have like, it's a, it's at the chromosomal level, but there isn't even a chromosomal test for it. Like, to identify it, you just have to see certain symptoms that are hallmarks of it and put it together from there. So it could be tied to it. It's it's a fairly new condition. Uh, it's called Golden Heart Syndrome. It's only been known for a few decades. So I, the number of symptoms that could be associated with it are literally in the dozens. So ADHD could be part of it. That's something... I'm going to start researching on. When did you start questioning that something was different with your two sons that do have ADHD? Um, you know, probably around uh, the kindergarten age, which is kind of a dangerous age to do that because kindergartners are pretty energetic to begin with. But there is a difference between the energy that our, you know, that the one son that we have that doesn't have it, uh, there's a difference between the energy he exhibited and the energy that the two that did, that do have it exhibited. Uh, they were just so incapable of sitting down, focusing on one thing. Uh, you know, they couldn't even finish like, an episode of SpongeBob without also playing on an Etch-a-Sketch or looking at their phone or have it carrying on a conversation or doing three, you know, three other things at once. Whereas the one could sit down and do it. And so that started to tip us off. Then talking to teachers and hearing, yeah, he can't stay focused on a task, even you know, even arts and crafts or, or spelling or story time. And the more we started to hear that from teachers, kindergarten and then first grade, that's when we started to go, okay, maybe, maybe it's ADHD and that we need to catch it now before it becomes a problem later. We did the same thing. We started noticing right around kindergarten, kindergarten age. And after several months of my husband and I talking back and forth about it, we finally decided to seek medical help to figure this all out. Did you guys end up seeking medical help? Yes. Um, 
it was a lot harder with our first one. I don't know if, I mean, I don't know what changed in the six year interval, uh, but with our older son, there was a lot more testing that had to go, uh, had to happen. He had to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I can't remember which, but uh, he had to go through actual sort of counseling testing to verify that it wasn't some un other underlying root cause. And once that was satisfied, then it was, let's try this medicine. Does that work? Nope. Let's try this medicine. It, it, it was kind of a, a shell game. And then the younger one, it was a lot simpler. It was, we already knew what to look for. We already knew the signs. Uh, our doctor was much more comfortable by then. You know, she sent us, she sent a questionnaire to me, a questionnaire to my wife and a questionnaire for the, for his teacher. And it was pretty much do all the answers line up. If so, then he must have it. That's and, all we uh, had to do with our 10 year old. But my nephew did have to go through all that extensive testing and whatnot. But he's also, uh, he'll be, he's 14 right now. He'll be 15 in December. So maybe it does have to do with the timing of everything. And as it became more of a widely known thing, they're not so strict on the testing now? Yeah, that I w that's my guess. Because it was, I mean, it was, I don't think it took a week for our youngest, whereas for our oldest, it took, I don't know, a couple months, it felt like of go to this counselor. Oh, no, that wasn't quite enough. Go to this counselor again. Now go to the doctor. Now talk to the teacher. Now. So yeah, I, I, I think you're right that it was just as as time has gone on, the testing process and the or the vetting process has gotten less strict, which is good because it shouldn't take three months to figure it out. No, they need help right away. We started out with some talk therapy where he had to go talk to a therapist for a while while we were trying to figure out which medication would have worked best with for him it took us probably a good two years to find something that really worked great for him and his teachers we didn't feel that the talking therapy helped a whole lot in the beginning it did a little bit because they gave us some ideas and ways to kind of combat his attention but other than that it I didn't feel that it helped him. It was more helpful to me as the parent. Did you guys go see a therapist at all? Um, other than for the for the testing, no. Uh, although we are weighing that option now for our youngest one, um, the medicine that he's having or that he has is uh, developed. It's it's in. <sighs> He has developed ticks on this medication. Um, he stutters a lot. He he will repeat the same, you know, the the first five words of the sentence. He'll repeat those first five words three, four times before he manages to get to the point of the sentence. Uh, he has a problem doing. A, you can call it OCD. Like 
at bedtime, he wants to kiss mommy three times. You know, it's not just enough to to hug and kiss and lay down. It's hug, kiss, sing Rockabye Baby, hug, kiss, get a drink of water, hug, kiss, we can leave. So, and it, and it's a known side effect of the medication where he's on, which I can't remember the name of at the at the moment, but uh, I think it's Concerta. Now that I think about it, um, but it's a known possible side effect of having developing verbal tics or or bodily tics, you know, uh, uh, facial twitches, needing to move hands, stuff like that. Um, and so we actually we just talked with the doctor today, and she said that maybe he needs some uh, form of psychotherapy just to just to make sure that there isn't some type of underlying stress that's causing these ticks. Well, I wish you good luck. Thank you. Um, do you know if that medication is a stimulant or a non-stimulant medication? I believe it is a non-stimulant medication. My son is on both. He takes a stimulant in the morning and then a non-stimulant in the afternoon. I might have that backwards. But one of them is like fast acting and another one's long acting. So by the, he takes his morning one that covers him for school and most of his bus ride home. But then by the time he gets home, it's all wore off. So then he has to take one for when he's at home as well. We'll be right back after a brief message about our sponsor. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need right at your fingertips and all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And they're completely separate medications. Hmm. I, I had, I'd never heard of a two medication treatment. That's different. Um, yeah, because the the youngest is on a non non stimulant. The oldest doesn't even take his medication anymore. Um, I don't know whether he grew out of ADHD, which I didn't. I don't know if that's even a possible thing, or um, he's also got some depression issues. And I don't know if the depression issues have become enough of a counterbalance that the ADHD is no longer manifesting but he doesn't seem to need it he's far more balanced than he's ever been but like i said that could be a side effect of also being depressed so um it may not be for the best could be now my husband does have adhd as well and he stopped taking medication when he was in eighth grade and he's 40 now and he's for the most part successful every once in a while there's like certain times that 
I notice he's getting distracted, like if he's cleaning the garage, and then he takes something from the garage to go put it in the shed, but then notices something in the shed, and then he's in the backyard, and I'd be like, hey, you're supposed to be cleaning the garage, just to kind of like keep him on task, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can manage his own very well now that he's an adult, and even as a teenager, he said he managed it very well without having to take any medication so maybe the older that you get you just learn how to manage and live with it without having to be on medication and you you realize things that you do do could be that could be that could that could be he um you said your husband was in eighth grade uh he's in He's just wrapping up freshman year, and I don't think he's taken it for at least two years. Um, so, you know, just like 2019. So that would be seventh grade. So uh, roughly the same time that he's gone without it, and he seems to manage. He's got a better grade point average than his brother that doesn't have, uh, have ADHD. So, Well, that is really good. Yeah. So when he was on medication and your youngest who is still on medication, after you put them on medication, did you notice a change in their concentration or grades? Uh, the older one, definitely. The original medication that he was on um, completely changed who he was like he he was a human super ball before and the medication just completely mellowed him out uh focus was a lot better grades improved behavior was a lot better uh i wouldn't say he was a troublemaker in class but he was the it was easier for him to fall into trouble because he had no impulse control so he saw someone else doing something bad. It was easy for him to join in. You, you know, it was easier for him to lose his temper. And once he got on that medication, he was so much more even keel. Uh, the younger one, sort of. Um, I don't know that we have ever had the right medication for him. Um, we've bumped up his dose, I think, twice. And he's only been on medication a couple of years. And I just, I don't feel that it's the right medication because it, I mean, his grades are okay, but the change in behavior is not as profound. He's, he's still, he's, I'm, I'm rambling sort of, but um, I don't know if the hyperactivity that he still has is being a nine-year-old boy or if the medicine just really isn't working properly because he, he's still pretty energetic more than I would think he should be. So it's like we got one success and one uh, undetermined. On each body composition is different and the medications from years ago to now are completely different. My son's on Vivance and has been now for... I want to say four years and that has been working great for us. And before that, it took us a couple of years there to figure out which one would be best for him. And 
this one is it. Yeah, I think we're we're the the doctor said that she didn't want to change medication now with so there's only like a few weeks of school left and she said as she put it now is not the time to upset the apple cart uh which i get you know we're in the final two three weeks of class so um but she definitely she wants to revisit it over the summer and see about trying a different medication then and maybe that will get the desired effect so you do keep your children medicated or youngest medicated all year long. You don't stop like some other parents who only medicate during the school year, but then let them, their children go off of them during the summer months. No, we can't, we cannot do that. Uh, he is just, and I wish we could, but he is so unmanageable when he is on, when he is off medication, he, has, it's not just attention span. It's just he has no ability to listen, to retain, to, um, you know, if we say, could you please take your Nerf gun back upstairs to your bedroom, that Nerf gun will stay there for a week. Uh, you know, it, it's simple things like that. It's he won't even be able to eat dinner. Like if we, if he's watch, if he's eating a meal, and we're watching TV at the time, he'll just stare slack-jawed at the TV and forget that he has food there and it'll take an hour and a half for him to eat dinner. So, no, he has to stay medicated or else he is just impossible to rein in. We keep our son medicated all year long. Not so much that when he doesn't take his medication that he's unmanageable, but that I don't want it disrupting his 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 body system because when you do change medications like that and you stop taking something, then your body has to go through that change of not taking it. And then once school starts up, your body has to go through that change again of restarting it. So I just felt like it was a complete waste of time to, and energy to even stop it and then try to restart it. And it would just mess with his head even more. Yeah, I mean, that is another good uh, reason not to do that is it for who knows what kind of trauma it puts them through. And uh, we've just never even considered the option of because like you said, it's, it's so much more of a hassle to start, stop, start, stop. And it just who knows what it does to them. So it's just it's better to just stay on it all year. Do you do anything else besides medication, like special, like do you have routines or signs put up or anything like that? No, um, uh, not nothing I can think of um, other than the possibility that we might be exploring therapy now for the younger, um, you know, psychotherapy now for the younger one, but not, we don't do anything else. We haven't, uh, for the older one, nothing was ever really necessary, so we never really explored any other type of therapy. Um, but the younger one's definitely challenging us, so uh, we might end up finding we might have to do something else as well. We ended up rate. getting a chalkboard, and we put it right by the kitchen table, and we would have a list on there for, like, his morning routine for school, like, brush your teeth, get dressed, 
eat breakfast, like step-by-step of what he needed to do every single morning before he got on the bus. And that seemed to help. Now he doesn't use that list anymore. We also have him pick out like his clothing and stuff the night before so that he's prepared the next morning because he also has my hardest one to get out of bed. He does not like getting up early at all, which I've Mm -hmm. read and heard that that is something that does run with the whole ADHD mindset. Both of ours. Both of of ours. Yeah. Both of ours are the same way. Like waking them up is you almost need to throw a hand grenade in their bed to get them out of bed because otherwise they would, if we let them, they would sleep uh, until they would sleep until the pages turned on the calendar. (laughs) Yeah. He's the same way. I have to holler in there like six, seven times, like get up. I told you to get up five minutes ago. Come on, now it's 6.10. All right, it's 6.15. You need to get moving. You're going to be late. Yep. So I'm trying to figure out something that'll work better for that. I haven't figured anything out yet. Uh, We haven't figured out anything else either other than just shaking and nagging and repeating and... (laughs) hoping that this is the morning that they'll be polite and get up without starting a war. Repeating is a big part of it as a parent too, because a lot of times you can say something and they're not actually hearing what you're saying, but they know that you're talking to them. So then they'll just blurt out a response because they don't want to disappoint you without actually knowing what you said. Mm -hmm. So for me, I re-ask the question, like if he answers me and I am like, that's not really the correct or appropriate answer, I will ask him the question again or ask him to repeat the question that I just asked him back to me. So that way I know that he actually heard what I'm asking him so that he can actually think of the appropriate answer with also um, breathing therapy when he's extremely angry because like you said the impulse control they lose their temper rather easily and he does have two older sisters that of course love to pick on him so he loses his Mm -hmm. temper so we have to do the deep breaths in and out and I'll even do it with them you know one deep breath in hold it. All right, let's let it out. And we'll count to five and we'll do five of those. And by the time we're done with that, then he's calmed down enough to actually have a a conversation about what's, what he's actually upset about. Yeah. We've been sort of integrating that with our youngest one more because of the ticks and because he's, his brain is moving just so fast and it's moving I think his brain is moving faster than his body can handle. So he's trying to get out this sentence and he's just going, you know, the time, you know, the time, you know, the time, you know, the time. So sometimes we say, okay, stop, breathe, think about what you're going to say, then say it, wait until your brain and your mouth 
get on the same page with each other. Sometimes it works, and sometimes he's just he's just too wired, and he it's all he can do to just get out the you know you you interrupt him, and he's got to start back over again. So it's with him, it's it's a little bit we're still finding the strategies that work for him. Our son did that for a while, with a restart the sentence over a couple of times. And we did the same thing. Now let's let's take a second here. You think about what you really want to say before you just start spitting words out. And then once everything comes together at once, then tell us what you're trying to say. So we we did that for a while. He's not too bad with it anymore. When he's super excited about something, he he will do that. Mm-hmm. We found that too. If he's just so jazzed to tell you whatever it may be it's he's talking before the words have gotten from brain to throat and we have to go okay slow down <laughs> take your time do both of them game with you uh sometimes um the challenge is that we don't really have a whole lot of overlap in the games that we like um my youngest really likes Fortnite, which I just, I've tried it. I don't understand it. I mean, I get it. I, I get the appeal. I don't have, I, the appeal doesn't hit me, I should say. Uh, my oldest more likes Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty and anything where you're shooting people or causing mayhem. And I'm, again, not really that kind of, of gamer. I'm more, um, I'm more of a story-driven gamer, or maybe like a sports game. So, uh, the only time we game together usually is like a sports game, like basketball or baseball, something like that. When they, they can, the oldest one at least, the oldest one can sit and focus on it. The youngest one, oh, uh, he even gaming, he's still like squirming in his chair and chattering up a storm and talking to the game even if he's not even if he's not online with someone he's still talking to the game as if the game is going to respond it's cute <laughs> it's funny it's what a nine-year-old would do really yes mine my son can focus on his game he does do the fortnight he does the game with my husband in the fortnight now and then and then as far as staying focused on other things only if he is extremely interested in it like if if i would put on because he really loves trains and ships so he watched a documentary on the titanic then he watched the titanic movie then he watched like 50 youtube videos about the titanic and he can tell you everything about the titanic but if I put on a movie, say, like, a romance movie, he'll be like, Ugh. and then he'll ask me a bunch of questions while the movie's playing and fidgeting around because it's not something that he's interested in. So I have noticed that. Uh, both of my, both the kids will ask a million questions during movies, but it's for entirely different reasons. 
the younger one does it for ADHD purposes. It's just he can't wait. He can't focus. He just has to know. He just has to ask a million questions. And and so we're having a conversation in the middle of the movie theater. The younger one, I'm sorry, the older one, he just for some reason does not have the memory. And I, I don't know if this is an ADHD component or not, but he does not seem to retain the details of a movie that he's watched or even when he's watching a movie he's picking out things that have you know he's trying to ask questions that have nothing to do with the movie and even though they have something to do with the movie they're not going to be something that's part of the movie like uh you know asking at, so, someone goes, you know, they're having breakfast, and he'll be like, well, where did they get the breakfast from? Like, I don't, they didn't show it. We don't know if they went to Cracker Barrel. I mean, it's they, not part of the movie plot. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're having pancakes. That's all you need to know is they're having pancakes. It's, where they got the pancakes is irrelevant. Uh, and if he's watching a movie that he's seen before, like, I don't know, we must have seen the Avengers 20 30 times every time for him is like the first time he'll be like well wh wh why is loki shooting at, at the guy with the eye patch because he is the bad guy well, why is he the bad guy because he is because he's working for thanos who's thanos didn't you watch this two weeks ago that's funny So yeah, it's um, watching movies with the two of them is is interesting. We you have we have to exhibit patience. Yes, he asks a bunch of questions during movies as well. Not all the time, but it, like we watched an action movie the other night. And it had to do with trains, so he was really focused on it, and he had missed the first part of the movie, so he wanted to, like, catch up. So he's like, well, why why are they doing this with the train, and why are they doing that? So I understood that part, but, like, we also watched Scoob the other a couple nights ago, and now that one he asked absolutely no questions in. And then... Another action movie that, like Battleship, he'll ask some random questions here and there, even though we have seen it before. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is an ADHD thing. Yeah, there's just no rhyme or reason to the que to the nature of the questions. It seems like like the ADHD may be the root, but the way that the questions come about is just unique to the kid. Very. Well, those are all the questions that I had for you. Did you have any right. for me? Uh, no, I do not. Um, but it has been a pleasure being on and talking about uh, ADHD with you. I don't. I feel like uh, I think it gets overdiagnosed, but underappreciated. Um, like people just think it's 
people think every kid with hyper AD or people with hyperactivity is, is ADHD, but they don't really understand how much of a problem it is. So I, I think it's good that, you know, you're doing a podcast like this and getting the word out to people and, and hopefully educating people that it's, it's a lot more than just kids running around being crazy. It's, it's a, it's a lot more. Well, thank you very much. And I do totally agree. It is a lot more than just being a hyperactive kid because there is a difference between being a, a hyperactive or active kid and then being a kid that has so much energy and so many thoughts running through their brain at once that they can't focus. And they're, the way that their brains work are completely different. So sometimes they do have to be mentally doing two to five things at once in order to just do one physical thing like reading a book you could put a masking tape on the floor in the shape of a square and tell them they have to sit pretzel legs and they can't go outside of this tape square and they have to read for 10 minutes so they're they're sitting pretzel style and they can't change their sitting position Plus, they can't go outside of the box, so they're focusing on those two things, so that way they can actually read and retain what they're reading. It, their brain composition is very interesting. Yeah, and it's, as a parent, it takes a lot of adjustment. Um, you just, it takes a lot of adjustment, a lot of time, patience, and education. Um, it it sounds simple, but it's not. <laughs> it's uh, neither the neither the the condition or the approach to being a parent of someone with a condition is simple. Um, and it's if we're still, you know, we're on we're we have two kids with it, and we're still figuring some of it out. So it's something that we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll be challenged with for a while yet because they have to live with it for you know for their lives. Yes, it'll end up being a lifelong thing, even for the parents. And hopefully yep. everyone turns out great for, for all of us and everyone becomes Agreed. successful, independent adults. Yep, that's the goal. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so nice talking with you and getting your point of view and your experiences. And thank you for having me on the show. It was a pleasure. I want to thank Jed again for joining me on that Zoom meeting to have a discussion about children with ADHD. I felt like I learned some stuff. I hope that you guys did. I hope that us sharing brings awareness to help others out. If you or yourself, you or your child or you know someone who has ADHD and you want to share anything with us, you can gladly send that over to queenbeespodcast at gmail.com. You can also message us on Facebook or Instagram. We also have a Facebook group called Queen Bees Rap Session. Feel free to share anything in there to spread awareness and help someone else out. So, until next time.